It's Farmer Friday on Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us. Broadcasting from the Morton Studio today, I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Again, it is Farmer Friday. We'd love to hear from you today. Our phone lines will be open all throughout the show. The number is 844-44-AG-PHD. If you'd like to call in, that's 844-442-4743. Or you can email us, radio at agphd.com. You can also find us on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. So, Darren, I don't know if you've heard this story yet, but an agronomist we work with down at Centerville. Uh, so just yep. where Darren used to live. Yeah, did you hear Cody's story? Yeah, I yeah, did. yeah. So anyway, Pretty crazy. Yeah, so an agronomist is out with a farmer uh, yesterday late afternoon. It's in his shop, and all of a sudden, they have the shop door like half open. It's getting pretty windy. It's looking super dark. They know a storm's coming, and all of a sudden, the shop door that's half open, wide shop door, uh, literally gets sucked right out of the building and goes straight up in the air. And then at that point, the guys are getting awfully scared. They try to go out, and that's not the, the the door apparently that they were trying to go out of slammed shut couldn't get it open and so anyway the roof goes off the shop the guys are holding on to stuff in the shop laying down on the floor trying to get as low as they can and the this this agronomist I was talking to this morning he goes I was literally starting to get sucked off the ground and so anyway and he goes at that point i just started laughing and he goes it sounds weird but they were my pants started to the, my pants started to get sucked off by the the this tornado so i fortunately i pulled my pants up but he goes yeah this is great i'm going to die there are two guys laying on top of me cuz we're all trying to stay low and i just lost my pants so but anyway yeah he was in good spirits i, I mean obviously he must have been scared to death but when you hear stuff like that it just always makes me think, you know, there are a lot of terrible things that happened. Like just yesterday, a lot of people lost shops and bins and some people houses, roofs, all kinds of trees were down all throughout our region. But you have to be happy if you're just still alive another day and that you happen to luck out and survive that particular storm. So on our farm, we had gusts as high as 71 miles an hour, according to the weather station that we've got. In our region, there were gusts as high as 101. So it was uh, it was pretty interesting. There were a few tornadoes that, that touched down just briefly. Uh, so anyway, we certainly feel for all those people that did have serious damage, and uh, hopefully no one lost any loved ones or anything like that. But yeah, it's just, it, it just makes you really appreciate what you have and that you're here for another day when you have to go through stuff like that. But yeah, when it hit, it was a wall of dirt. They said a lot of dirt came from all the way down in Nebraska through with this storm and it moved unbelievably fast through our region. So it just got me thinking about what the 1930s had to have been. We've experienced the highest winds, highest average wind speed we ever have in our region of the country this spring. And I just wonder if things like this happened back in the 30s, where it's basically a wall of dust moving across the state, and then it ends up hitting farms and just everyone in its wake. So, all right. So, <laughs> terrible way to start Farmer Friday, but if you've got any questions for us, again, you can certainly give us a call. Right now, let's hit the Ag PhD mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. Hey, Brian, we had uh, a question come in about pythium and how quickly that infects seeds. And there's some 
data that's as old as me that said 90 minutes. That's all it takes. And Pythium's in there. So that's pretty scary. Yep, it is. And it's one of the things that makes you think a little bit with your seed treatment. There are still, unfortunately, a lot of soybeans planted today without seed treatment. We don't really encourage that. Now, granted, you can luck out and you can still lose some soybean seeds and you're fine. But when there's disease in there, it doesn't even have to kill that plant. If it just inhibits the growth a tiny little bit, then especially when we have really high commodity prices, that seed treatment can pay pretty well. So anyway, yeah, there is some data out there like that. But this question came from Brandon up in North Dakota, and he was just saying, um, hey, have you seen any research that increasing soybean planting population as time goes on is a good thing? He says, I believe NDSU has data showing increased yields for spring wheat with higher seeding populations as we enter mid-May to into June. Do you think this would hold true for soybean planting populations? Brandon, I'm glad you asked. I just did some training yesterday with some agronomists, and that's exactly what I said. In our experience, and so let me step back for a second. So we farm about 3,400 crop acres in southeast South Dakota, and prior to us putting a fair amount of tile in starting in 2007, it was like literally every single year where we would have parts of fields that we could not farm until mid to late June, if not even in some cases, we finished planting in July. And we were big believers in always planting every single acre. We just figure, hey, we're farmers. I'm not here to collect crop insurance. We probably could have come out dollars ahead to collect, prevent, plant or whatever. But we just said, no, we're just we're going to chance it. And it worked out in our favor almost every single time because surprisingly, we still got fairly decent yields planted late June. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but we did. And then the other nice thing about that is then the ground is in much better shape for the following year. But anyway, we learned a lot of lessons, good and bad, through all the late planting that we did for many years on our farm. And one of the things that our dad talked to us about a lot is just, hey, guys, when it gets late, up your bean population. And if you can go narrower rows, you're better off. Because typically when you're planting really late, you're usually going with a little earlier bean. And so you got two things against you there. And the beans just don't get real tall. And in some cases, you never even reach crop canopy. Well, the thicker you plant the beans, the more they bush out, the more and the taller they get. So the better chance you have to hit crop canopy and to absorb more sunlight. And that's really a big key. So I would say, Brandon, about the only crop that I, I know of for sure, that if it's me, and I'm not saying in all cases, but if it's me, the only crop I know of where I'd cut the planting population later on is corn. I just don't think you need as many plants out there. That's kind of what we've done on our farm. Cut the planting population a little. I'm not saying go down to 6,000 plants per acre or anything, but I'm saying cutting the planting population 10 to 30%, depending on how late you get, that's usually worked out just fine for us. All right, stay tuned. It's Farmer Friday. We'll be back with your phone calls after this. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia N Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. 
That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Whether or not, relentless control is what you get with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Protect your season from tough broadleaf weeds and grasses with dual modes of action and overlapping residuals that also minimize resistance. With an easy-to-tank mix formulation and wide application window, Anthem Max Herbicide is ready when you are. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. listening to Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday. We're broadcasting live from the Morton studio, and we are taking your calls and agronomic questions all throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. Heard a lot of things happening on different farms, and Brian kind of talked about this just a little bit with the storm that came through. We got Tony Wendler on with us right now with Farm Shop MFG. Tony, how'd you guys fare down there? Where I'm at, we did really well. The, uh, the storm, we got the, the southern tail of it that came out of South Dakota. Uh, to the north, they got a lot worse. Uh, we got, uh, well, here in a short distance, two and a half inches to, you know, maybe an inch down the lower end. Um, and uh, you go north and progressively worse, more wind, things like that. Um, but it was, here was more the type that, uh, like typical farmer, let's go out and uh, watch the storm blow in. Yep. Yep. Well, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. It was it was pretty nasty in spots, though. And I, I hear a lot of guys uh, talking about grain bins. I see a lot of pictures online of grain bins being damaged. Um, have you ever experienced that? And what, what should guys be looking for if they, they just see some slight damage to know if it's safe or if it's not? Oh, uh, it depends on what your damage is. Uh, the uh, If you're egging your bin... Um, that's bad. Uh, the other thing is ripping off some roof sheets. Um, I had one where it, uh, wind grabbed and pulled some roof sheets and then I had a pipe from the grain leg onto it. So now you got weight on the roof and then you've got loss of strength on the roof. And, um, that's never an exciting type of thing. No, no, um, no. You're right. And you're when you have all th- everything tied together as as many of us do on the farm to to make it easier to fill and so forth. It's yeah, you got to be careful. Got to be careful out there. Well, hey, I, I don't don't mean to pigeonhole you into the uh, the storm damage talk, but I'm sure you had a couple other things to talk about as well today. Hey, what you know? We've been uh, working a lot with our germinator closing wheels, but uh, one of the things that I'm get, starting to get back into conversations, especially in uh, some places in the Dakotas and Minnesota where they've been rained out. My, one of my favorite things is helping people pull money right out of the air. 
by running their bin fans. Uh, a lot of people still got a bunch of nine and 10% uh, beans out there. Uh, and, uh, getting those fans set to put some uh, moisture back into them. Uh, that's always a fun activity. Yeah. The, no uh, so, you know, we've got uh, guys who've uh, had bought bin fan controls and, and uh, uh, they're actually putting them on bins where they, they don't have the sensors there. They're using, uh, we've got a model of a bin door spear that they can put in there so we can get a low reading and then run the other one up under the roof and put it on top and uh let the control go and and uh one guy was asking questions and he said his is moving he said he can see the moisture's going up so uh he's liking it he had pulled a pulled a couple loads out back uh late in the winter and that uh, was uh, nine nine and a half percent and then he bought a control and uh said he got it put on now and uh it's uh it's moving it so it's getting that moisture back in there that's a nice money maker and as i say Pulling money right out of the air. How about can't be better than that, can it? How about temperature, Tony? Because I know I've talked to some growers who said, "Man, I pulled really cold beans out of the bin, and I even had a hard time putting seed treatment on them because the beans were so cold." Is that is that normal? And what would you like to see that temperature on on grain compared to the outside air temp? They need to be warming them up. They're stored, and and, uh, a little bit of that had a little bit of the conversation with uh, this gentleman too on uh, where his uh, grain temperature was as he was getting moisture in there. The, uh, at this point, you should be warming them up. We're looking at average temperatures right now of, uh, what, probably 55, uh, 60 maybe. And uh, you want to keep that grain within uh, 10 degrees of that temperature. So definitely should be warming them up. If they've, I don't typically freeze beans, but I'm, there's probably people who do or you know, inadvertently, a lot of times your beans will freeze at the bottom and obviously on the edges if you're not running your fans in the winter. The issue in the bottom is that roof will act as a huge chimney when the wind blows across it and draw air into your fans up to the floor. It's not that uncommon to, to uh, freeze the bottom of a bin, even though your intentions were not to do that if you are not running fans regularly every month. The, um, the, the skin of the bin, obviously, you know, the cold's going to penetrate the steel and it's going to, uh, chill that. So you're going to have some, uh, uh, coldness there. That's always bad because now you got convection. You'll have warmer grain in the center and moisture migration, uh, to or from a hotter, a colder area. It's going to go from the warm to the cold and it's going to condense. Uh, when you talk about having the stuff come out so cold, uh, that they can't get seed treatment on, they should have been getting their fans and warming that stuff up. It it should be happening now, and it uh, you know I you should be running fans always once a month, and uh, in the winter you're looking at your average winter temp here where we're at. You and I here at the uh, Minnesota Iowa South Dakota intersection. You want to be staying in the uh, mid-30s for your, your bean temp. And uh, once a month, run your fans for four hours on every bin. Uh, when the temperature and humidity is right, the temperature right at the point where you stored it, you come in here into uh, March, you need to start warming them up. Um, 
and and like cautious and cautiously, Tony, because I had feedback from one grower this year who said, "Oh man, I don't like that you guys are talking about warming warming grain up because I had some spoilage in my bin." That's uh, not just to say to go out and do it willy nilly. That's not to say, "Well, I'm going to run it four hours uh, just whenever I want." We we've had some days that have been a hundred degrees and humid now the last uh, couple of days here, and that's part of the reason for all these storms that we've had. So it, it is a good idea to to try to get your grain a little bit closer to what the outside air temp is there's no question about it hey tony we got to run but really appreciate all the advice and glad you guys are, are okay through the storm yep you get you take care have a great weekend you bet you as well uh let's head down to arkansas i got jeff on with us right now how's it going down there jeff well we're riding out a thunderstorm right now so <laughs> it seems like it's um pretty popular topic these days yeah, uh, you guys uh, got wet there for a while, got back in. Uh, how's everything looking so far, and have you got all the crop in the ground? No, we do not have all the crop in the ground. We had, during before PP date on corn, we had about seven planting days. Wow. And um, for the entire period, we stayed so wet. And um, we actually have some of our 2% graded fields that the bottoms are standing water still so and but you know you work around the hose and you keep on going yeah that's a challenge that is a challenge no doubt about it so you got more rain coming is this a big one or or not too much rain well it started about 12 and right now we're at 0.7 so a little bit over two hours and we've already got seven tenths so We'll be out for a couple of days, and um, hopefully, but we were in the same boat y'all were. We've been extremely hot, record-setting temperatures for the last three days, and humidity has been terrible. And that's what brought these storms that firing up today. You know, with your crop that's in the ground, I, I know. Um... Uh, talking with other guys down not too far away from you, they they had a little bit of stuff in early, then got rained out for a long yeah. time. Uh, do you have something yeah. like your first field that got in? Does it look okay, or has there been so much rain that, that that's even suffering? It looks okay. We're going to have to look at um, modifying our herbicide program on our corn because our second shot, we're already past maturity. Um, to be able to go in with the datrazine shot. So we're going to have to look at a different um, program for the corn that we got in early to um, to do some weed control on. But we got our, um, our nitrogen application in right before the rain hit, so we got it in good. And um, But the, really the only struggle we got right now on our early stuff that we got in was a little bit of grass that we got in the corn and um, just getting in to get it controlled. And uh, we got starting to, believe it or not, we're starting to get some pigweed. Oh, um, I believe poke it. Poke its head up already. So. So we're on to plan B yeah. on the weed control programs down in the state of Arkansas. Well, hopefully, Jeff, you catch some sunshine soon and moderate temps and, and can get in there and wipe them out. Thanks for calling in. really appreciate it. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, it means getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting experts who will work with you to create a program unique to your operation, all while accounting for the quality of your soil and the products you're already using. It's not just a product. 
It's peace of mind knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. In a world of Veltima fungicide. Hey, let's do it less dramatic. Just say Veltima fungicide. Okay, Veltima fungicide. No, that's literally the same. Veltima fungicide. Still doing it. Veltima fungicide does it. Seriously, we just need you to say Veltima fungicide. Swift, simple, and secure. Didn't I? Veltima fungicide from BASF in cornfields this summer. Always read and follow label directions. Come to the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event this summer. Here at Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support and encourage folks entering the ag industry. That's why we're devoting a full day, Saturday, June 25th, to the free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event. Though this day is geared towards high school and college students as well as young farmers, anyone with a desire to learn more about agronomy is more than welcome. Our hands-on sessions in the field will include a comprehensive guide to scouting, ways to improve soil and crop health, the role of natural microbes in farming, and how to best collect and manage on-farm data. Plus, we're giving away tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships to eligible attendees. So whether you're a college student or just want some good agronomy information, this is one event you won't want to miss. It's the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships Day, Saturday, June 25th on the Hefty Farm near Baltic, South Dakota. Learn more and register at agphd.com. Hi, I'm Greg Souter with 360 Yield Center. Getting more nitrates into the corn plant drives yields higher. When and where you place your nitrogen makes a big difference in packing nitrates into the air. 360 Y-Drop places in right over the roots. It's the most efficient way to move nitrates into the plant for better tip fill and heavier kernels. Convert your side dress bar to 360 Y-Drop. Learn more at 360yieldcenter.com. Each year brings new and unique challenges to farming, and your operation needs to constantly adapt to meet them. That's why at AgBiome, we're working every day to bring you new and better solutions, microbial-based solutions that protect your crop and help it reach its full potential. To learn more about how we're doing it, visit agbiome.com. That's A-G-B-I-O-M-E.com. AgBiome, feeding the world responsibly, partnering with microbes for human benefit. Farmer Friday and Ag PhD Radio, and we're glad you're joining us today. If you'd like to give an update of how things are going on on your farm, or if you would like to uh, just ask an agronomic question, that's fine as well. 844-44-AG-PHD. Let's head down to Iowa. We've got Aaron on with us right now uh, with a little update. How you doing, Aaron? I'm doing great, guys. I'm just putting in some 5820 hefty corn right now. Oh, my goodness. There you go. Getting conventional corn. Okay, talk to me about conventional corn in your area. Have you been doing that for a while? I've been uh, 100% conventional for the last five years, and I just felt I wasn't needing the traits. I was putting some insecticide in furrow, and so far that's been working on the rootworms around here. I know there's areas not far from me that that wouldn't cut it. But I've been seeming to get by all right. So that's been my plan. This year I did get a little bit of smart stacks. We had a tornado rip through and take out our farm and a lot of corn last year. So I'm going to have a lot of volunteer corn. So I wanted to be able to come in and spray. So I did get some traded corn for this year, which is the first in a while. 
yeah, you got to adjust. I guess you never know what the weather's going to throw at you. You just got to do the next best thing. Uh, how about on soybeans? Did you plant soybeans first this year, or are you planting corn first? Nope. We've been so delayed here that usually, typically we do get some beans in right away, but the ground wasn't seeming fit, and we no-till a lot of our beans. And it just, we cannot get, just until yesterday, we couldn't get, the two inch area to dry out it was like there was a crust over the top and it was just mucky underneath so we're finally getting things broken open and and dried out now so i've got no beans in the ground we should be about half done with corn tonight okay good good well you just got to do the best you can with what you got and i i know you're not the only one in that spot we're we're way behind uh, across the country on planting no doubt about that yep so how about uh, how about weed control programs? Because it's been so windy. You you mentioned how wet you guys have been, but you've also had a lot of wind this year. Uh, have you found any days to get the spraying done? The wind has just kept everybody from doing anything as far as spraying. So I've got no pre's out for my beans, and we're spraying the corn as we go over the top. So hopefully we can keep today's a nice day. We should get caught up on some of that stuff. Yeah, lots of work to do, no doubt about that. We'll pray for sunshine for you guys and uh, hope the weather continues to uh, to give you some good days to get the work done. Sounds good. You guys have a safe spring. You bet. Thanks for checking in. Give us an update, Aaron. We really appreciate that. Uh, let's head up north of the border. We've got Kellen Huber up in Saskatchewan. Uh, and Kellen, uh, want to talk about germination on cereal crops? Are you having trouble up there? Yes, they're waterlogged, and I want your uh, your formulation of how to get good germination on waterlogged cereal crops. We'll send you 30 or 40 mile an hour winds, sunshine, and 80 degrees. That would fix it up, but outside of that, Kellen, I don't know. Yeah, no doubt, because all that beautiful storm you sent our way, we got anywhere from an inch to five inches of rain in the last 12 hours. Oh, goodness. Yeah, she's a, over the people over in Manitoba, the ducks got to wear life jackets over there because there's so much water. <laughs> so, Kellen, yeah, it is a real tough thing. I mean, we've had it many times before, too, and even this year a little bit. We had some alfalfa we seeded and had standing water on it quite a bit here, so I'm hoping most of it comes up, but it's just one of those things we just kind of have to play it by ear, you know, pray that it does come up every once in a while. For whatever reason, it turns out fine, and then you get other times where you go, oh, the, the water only stood there for three days or whatever. I think it'll be okay, and it doesn't turn out very well at all. The, the one big thing I would say, though, it's usually spotty. It's usually not whole fields that go or anything else, so that actually makes it even more work, as you know, when you got to go out and spot plant. Uh, or spot seed in some areas out in the field. So, and granted, not every farmer is going to do that. We've always done it, but it's a lot of work. And then you, I mean, yeah, you have this other issue too of varying dates after that. My point is, if you've got some wheat that's, let's call it spring wheat, let's say, I assume this is spring wheat we're talking about here, obviously, but you know, when yeah. you've got spring wheat that's emerged, and then you have some other stuff you have to seed in later, and that doesn't emerge for a month after that date. Uh, boy, now you've got different heading t 
timings. You've got different maturity timings. It makes it more challenging all the way around. So what we've typically done in those cases is treated those spots like tiny little fields, and it's made it an unbelievable amount of work. So, yeah, we feel for you that you're going through that because we definitely have in the past as well. Yeah. No, there's just lots of moisture here this year, which we came off a drought last year. So the moisture is welcome. It's just we'd like to see. A, we'll be waiting for Darren to send up that warm weather. And uh, It's, boy, com- we'll it's coming for you in August. Coming for you in August, Kelly. <laughs> it's going to be a lot sooner than that, I think. But, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that's that's the other thing. I was talking to an agronomist this morning who goes, yep, I think in my area it's going to be a lot of prevent plant. A lot, there are quite a few guys that have a foot of water on the ground. And I go, you know, I've had that before, too, because we farm river bottom ground, and we've had multiple feet of water on it. And a month later, you go, oh, wow, the water's all gone. We get some hot weather and some wind. So you never know. We just have to pray for the best and hope it turns out. Yeah, I like your optimistics. (laughs) Well, you know, Kellen, that's the thing. I I talk to people about this all the time because there are a lot of people that go through life every day just depressed. Because if you want to focus on the negative, I mean, you absolutely can do that. Turn on the TV news anytime you want, and they'll give you all kinds of negative stuff to think about. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm just saying here, if we choose to focus on the positive things, like even yesterday, okay, the storm rolls through, and yeah, I mean, there's some people have have had a lot of damage. We've had that in the past before, too. But the first thing I'm usually thinking about is all the things I'm thankful for, that, man, I'm thankful that we still made it. In some cases, it's I'm thankful that I have insurance to help pay for some of this stuff that we got to now fix up. But, you know, there, 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 there's so much good out there in this world, and that's what we choose to focus on because it just makes every day a lot more fun to live. So, Brian, I got a question for you. Have you yep. ever played with microbiology in this type of uh, atmosphere, cold, wet soils, cereals, you know, legume crops, any type of microbiology that may uh, excite some of this termination? Well, Yes, we have we use a number of different seed treatments on whatever it is we're we're seeding. Now we don't do a lot of small grain. We'll do some oats, a little bit of wheat from time to time, but we're mainly corn and soybeans. But and alfalfa now. But yeah, I mean on pretty much everything that we do out there, we are putting some stuff on the seed. We have found some biologicals that typically can pop the seed out of the ground. I don't care what kind of seed we're talking about, but ten to twenty percent faster. But there's nothing you can do to completely overcome wet, extra wet soils. So that's part of why we talk so much about drain tile. So I, I was just saying a little bit earlier in the show that yesterday morning I did some training with some agronomists. And I was just talking about my experience in the past and our farm and delayed planting and all the issues that we used to have. And I said that's why we talk so passionately about drain tile on our, our shows because if you haven't been – you know, if let's say you've only been following us for five or 10 years, you're probably thinking, oh, they've had tile in forever, whatever. No. I mean, prior to 2007, we had virtually no drain tile on our farm. And almost every field I had to worry every year that I I was going to have drownout spots and we'd have to go back and replant. We'd be getting stuck. I mean, we just had so many problems. Got drain tile in. Now we farm every field straight through. It's been amazing. We have a lot less erosion. We can do more reduced tillage stuff because we don't have to use tillage to dry the ground out. So I just, I can't talk uh, more positively about drain tile because I'm just, I'm, 
it, it, it just makes me happy every day when we've got that in the ground and we're in just in a lot better shape. Our soils are a lot better. Now, there are other things that you can do too to make that soil more porous. So for example, you, you want to have a really good level of calcium in that soil, at least 65%, if not 75%. So that's one of the things we look, Darren and I look at soil tests every day and some people talk about compaction issues and poor drainage. And I go, well, look at your calcium score. I mean, you got to have your calcium up there that will make your soil more porous. You can build soil organic matter. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can do to hopefully make that ground better and have fewer issues with water rather than just continue to fight it year after year after year. Hey, Kellen, we got to run, but thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Take a second and listen. You hear that? That's the sound of your roots growing where they've never gone before. There are additional nutrients and water in your soil, hidden in tough to reach spaces. With MycoApply Endoprime, hyphae attached to the root hairs to reach small areas inaccessible to big roots, even some that are tied up in the soil. Applied in furrow at planting, MycoApply Endoprime uses four, four unique species of mycorrhizal fungi to go where roots can't. Unlock the potential of your corn crop with MycoApply Endoprime, and by nurturing your soil today, you're helping to ensure future harvest will be just as bountiful. For more information, talk to your local retailer or visit valent.com endoprime. Always read and follow label instructions. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. Help keep the toughest, most resistant diseases out of your fields with Lucento Fungicide from FMC. An exclusive novel premix of two modes of action delivers broad-spectrum control and a long-lasting protective residual. Tackle key diseases in corn, soybeans, wheat, peanuts, and sugar beets. Choose Lucinto Fungicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or lucinto.ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions for use. This is Stormy Fields with your weather forecast. Today calls for a high of 68 degrees with sunny skies and not a cloud in sight. Planting windows can close fast, so when you need both speed and accuracy, choose John Deere. Our exact Emerge planters and precision ag technologies give you precise seed placement for uniform emergence and the efficiency you need to gain ground. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground.
You're listening to Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio, taking your calls and agronomic questions all throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. And you can always email us, radio at agphd.com. Let's head out to Virginia. We've got Heath on right now. Uh, how's it going out on your farm, Heath? Hey, buddy. What's going on? Everything's just lovely. Awesome. Awesome. How how big is your biggest corn right now? Um, It's probably at about V2 or 3, I guess. It's uh, coming along pretty quick. Uh, looks, everything looks, seems to look pretty good. Sure, sure. Okay, I thought you might be a little farther ahead of us than that. Ours is just coming out of the ground right now, so so we're doing okay. It, it's it looks good at this point, but I guess we'll see. It looks like the planter did a pretty good job, at least as far as we can tell. Yeah, uh, actually, everything looks like uh, the emergence was. Uh, I hate to pat myself on the back, but looks pretty pretty perfect. Actually, uh, um, everything seems to look good. Uh, Weather's been good. We uh, we were able to get the corn in pretty quickly. Uh, probably one of the better corn corn planting seasons we've ever had. Um, everything went just as smooth as it could, I guess you'd say. Awesome, awesome. That is good. All right, so you got job one done. Crops in the ground. What's the next job? Because I know you're not just shooting for like a hundred bushel corn here. You're shooting for some pretty big numbers. So, well, where does it go next? Is it weed control? Is it more fertilizer? What What do you do? So yeah, we're uh, actually just got the chemicals in uh, yesterday to uh, spray for uh, weed control, um, and we'll also start. I guess we'll call it, we'll start juicing it up a little bit right now uh, while it's young. Um, so that's where we're at right now with that. We'll probably, we just got a big rain this, about two hours ago. So that kind of want to push us back a little further. Sure, sure. For a day or two, I'm thinking. Now you mentioned weed control. It, obviously, you probably have some pigweeds in your area. I'm assuming somebody has, has uh, let a pigweed grow here or there that you got a few seeds out there. But what other weeds have you got besides pigweed? Oh, actually, you know, we do a lot of, or, or here at our place, we do a lot of deep tillage. Um, we don't really have anything that uh, is really pressing, I guess you'd say. Uh, maybe a little bit of grass here and there, but, I mean, it stays pretty clean. We keep it pretty clean. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's, that's a but real you're key. But right, pigweed would be one of the things that would, that would be something you would see, you know, could, could give us a little pressure, now, especially the soy bean. You meant, yeah, yeah, no kidding. You you mentioned juicing things up a little bit and, and starting to feed this crop and do all the things to to influence growth with the crop. Uh, when when you do that, are you pulling plant tissue analysis along the way, or are you just going off past experience as to what you see a good response on? So, a little bit of both, actually. We um we do uh, tissue sampling. We've already started that. Actually, waiting. Uh, to be honest with you, we're waiting on the results from that to come in right now. Uh, so between that and the rain, that's kind of holding us back a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. The tissue sampling thing. I know, uh, guys ask a lot of times about how early to start. Do you start right at V1, V2 or, or, uh, or is there a certain stage that you say, here's where we'd like to be? No, as soon as we can get, uh, go out there, probably V1, V2, that's about right. We've, uh, I think they've already started. Nutrient does all my tissue sampling naturally they want to get their hands on it 
Uh, <laughs> yep. They helped me. <laughs> they helped me right along, spend some money. But no, they're good to me. They they helped me uh, do that, and uh, I guess walk side by side with me through this crop. You bet. Well, good luck to you, Heath. Glad to hear the the crops off to a great start. Hopefully, the the weather holds up for you all year, so you can make some huge, huge numbers out there. I hope so. You guys have a good uh, weekend and uh, stay safe. You bet. Thanks a lot, Heath. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's head uh, not too far down the road from Heath over to Pennsylvania. We've got Lee on with us right now. Lee, how are you doing? Real good. How are you guys? You know, we're better than we deserve. There's a lot of folks around us that, that took this last storm that came through a lot harder than we did. So we're we're doing pretty good. We got most of the crop in, so can't complain. Uh, that's good. Actually, though I live in PA, my dad was born in Hoven, South Dakota. Really? Wow, that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a small world. Yeah, my wife and I had the opportunity to go there this past September and uh, meet some family that were farming there, and we learned about dry last September. Yeah, yeah it no was. Doubt about they that. were real. Yeah. Dr- they yeah. were real dry there. But I'll tell you my question, and oh, hope hey, I'm not hey, wasting hey, your time. Hey, Lee, before you get All to right. to that question, did you go to that church that they have in Hoven there? Uh, you know what? As a matter of fact, absolutely, we did St. Anthony's. Yep. So yeah, and, fr- friend of mine got married in. Reasons. Yeah, friend of mine got married Go in ahead. that church. Go ahead. No, ah, yep. my uh, grandparents helped build it. Really? Yeah. Yep. Cathedral yeah. on the Prairie. So yeah, it's a yeah. pretty historic place. Okay, sorry and, about that. The, so, <laughs> the, well. A few months before that, in May, we traveled out. We got to go to the Cathedral of the Plains in Kansas. Oh, <laughs> you're getting you're getting the tour of all the big churches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but listen, you guys, I've been listening for a while and hugely appreciate what you do. Signed up for your magazine. You've uh, motivated me to get more serious about our lawn. We have about five or six acres. Okay. I took soil samples uh, this past fall, sent them off to Midwest. They came back with recommendations, so I've been doing some liming, and I'm, I'm going to start applying some fertilizer. I did different sections of the lawn, kind of similar to what you guys described. Yep. And and they were different, so yep. I'm going <laughs> to really focus on it. But one, one thing I noticed, especially this winter, we, you know, we get these, uh, we get a fair amount of rain here. We get what yep. we call fairy rains, and it's kind of like a circle where mushrooms grow up. Yep. And the grass can really green up there. And in fact, this winter, one seemed to hold on all winter, even through the snows. Mm-hmm. We had a section of much greener grass. And I'm just wondering, I hear you guys talk about biologicals. I'm, I'm going to put you know, fertilizer down, but is there, is there a biological that would be worth experimenting on the lawn foliar spray that might also help? Mm. Boy, that's a good question. Our research has mainly been on, on our uh, row crops and cereals at this point. I can't say that we've done a big amount on uh, lawns. We've done a little bit of work on pasture. I know there there are some different things there. Some of the amino acid products have shown some some decent gains. But um, the biggest thing on lawns, well, I shouldn't say lawns, pasture that we've done is gibberellic acid to get it growing faster. But I don't yep. think that's what you're looking for for your lawn around your home. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I just unless you got kids that you got to keep busy, Lee. If you do, then gibberellic acid could be great. So let's come back to this. These fairy rings that you talk about with the mushrooms, and yes, we're familiar with those. What we will often talk to people about is, hey, if you've got spots in that lawn that look different, whether it's a ring or it's not, then right in that spot, soil test that, and soil test where it doesn't look as good or it looks different. So whether that's 10 feet away or 50 feet away, and then compare the two and see what you're what you've got there. What, what it is, it's a fungus in the ground. Mushrooms are, are they, they're coming from a fungus. And so, yes, there's more soil life there. And could that soil life, and I'm assuming this is where your question's coming from, could that soil life be actually helping the grass? Maybe. I, I mean, it obviously uh, apparently is in the short term. I don't know if it will in the long term, if you end up with a whole bunch more mushrooms or something goes awry in the future. But we would be really curious what the soil test looks like. Sometimes in those areas, you've got higher levels of organic matter. Maybe it's just a different level of calcium. I mean, there there might be something different fertility-wise. Now, I, I will say, too, there are a lot of people who have much smaller rings because they have animals out there. And I think we all know what yeah, that is. It's, uh, that. yep, yep. So, I, I mean, so for any of our listeners, that's not what we're talking about here. But, uh, but yeah, the, other than soil testing... I, I don't know what to tell you in those spots to try to figure out what to do in the other spots. And as far as a biological, I don't have any real great answer for you. We just haven't experimented much with them. But it certainly wouldn't hurt on your lawn to try a little bit of stuff. Hey, Lee, we got to run, but thanks a lot for the call. Appreciate it. Best of luck to you with your lawn. And call us back if you got any other questions. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Boost your productivity and profitability with Soil Warrior from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and your yield potential in just one strip-till pass. Now that's ROI. Contact us today at SoilWarrior.com. Here at Farm Shop MFG, we keep hearing from folks who've tried our germinators. Yeah, I'm Wayne Bossman. I was very impressed how they came up quicker and they're just better stand and we're looking forward to using them this year. See what others are saying at farmshopmfg.com. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Warehouse, what can we do for you? Yeah, I'm looking for some nitrogen. All right, we're running low and it's awful pricey, but uh, let me check. Hold. The answer to low supply and high prices for nitrogen is Invita, a microbe with systemic nitrogen fixation. Invita works throughout the foliage and roots, providing a right place, right time source of nitrogen to maximize yield in corn, wheat, and soybeans. Yeah, we're all out, but... You know what? I'll take some of that Invita. <laughs> That's what I was going to recommend. Book your Invita while supplies last. At AgPhD, we want to support anyone with a desire to learn more about agronomy. That's why we're devoting a full day, Saturday, June 25th, to the free AgPhD Scouting and Scholarships event. In-field sessions include a comprehensive guide to scouting, ways to improve soil and crop health, and how to best collect and manage on-farm data. Plus, we're giving away tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships to eligible attendees. So this is one event that you won't want to miss. Learn more and register for the AgPhD Scouting and Scholarships event at agphd.com. 
What's new from New Farm? Leopard Herbicide brings you exceptional planting flexibility for soybeans, field corn, and cotton. Leopard provides your spray plans with a fall or early spring option to boost resistance management. And did we mention it's a highly compatible tank mix partner due to its ultra-low use rate? Ask your dealer for Leopard Herbicide. Available for fall. If you've ever wondered how the Farmall got its name, here's an abbreviated list of the jobs the Case IH Farmall can do. Baling, cutting hay, feeding, hauling, loading, pulling, raking, cleaning barn, mixing feed, fertilizing, mowing, chopping, seeding, clearing, irrigating, furrowing, cultivating, hitching, digging, emergency tow, harrowing, hoisting, leading parades, excavating, grading. <sighs> Let's make it simple. This tractor does it all. So no matter what you're doing, can do comes in red. Farmall. Learn more at caseih.com farmall. Listening to Ag PhD Radio on a Farmer Friday. We're taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. Let's head down to Kentucky. We've got Eddie on with us right now. Eddie, good to hear from you. How are you doing? Hey, I'm fine, Darren. How are y'all? We are doing well. We are doing well. Uh, what's happening down on your farm? Well, we, we've we got all the beans in, and they're up, and they look really good. But uh, we we had some electrical issues with corn planters, so we're still waiting on the <laughs> we're still waiting on the monitor to come in so we can get started on the corn. But oh, it's frustrating. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's frustrating. But that's part of the deal. You know, you find things to do and, and uh, bide the time. But you know how it is. You want to get in the field awfully bad. But uh, I'm not going to take a chance and run the corn as pricey as it is without a monitor. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Okay, so beans are up. Uh, what's next on the beans? How how early does a guy get out there and spray them? Oh well, it depends. I I, I took uh, uh, Brian and Darren y'all's advice and put the yellow and the metribuzin and the other one in down. So I'm going to see how long that'll hold before I have to go in. But we've got burr cucumber down in the river bottoms that floats in from the neighbors. So that's usually tough to handle, and we'll probably, probably before the canopy, if the weed pressure is not too bad, we'll go one more time with glyphosate and uh, see what happens. Yeah, that burr cucumber is interesting. I know we had cockleburr wash in with a flood uh, before on our farm, and so when you get, yeah, when you get the benefit of upriver, upstream uh, weed pressure, that's no fun. And that burr cucumber seems to pop up really all throughout the season, right? Yeah, but it's really late. It's especially tough in the corn because it it really germinates late. You can put atrazine and everything down and try to suppress it, but it, inevitably it's going to come. And uh, I've been really thinking about maybe getting a drone and spot spraying some of the worser spots because sure. you know you can fly. You, you I, I flew over and seen it, but I haven't had any any way to take care of it. But it just always comes in late. I read an article. The guy said if somebody could. Uh, find something to control that, he'd be a millionaire because I guess a lot of people struggle with it. But uh, it's uh, definitely a tough weed, no doubt. Well, I was thinking if we could just find a use for for burr cucumber, then then that would be great. Kind of like pigweed. If we could just find that pigweed is the most valuable crop to grow in the world, oh, man, it'd be easy being a farmer for a while. Yeah, if if, uh, if you want to bag up the uh, burr cucumber seeds instead of the watermelon, they look so close. <laughs> if, you, if you've seen them, they look so close together. <laughs> but uh, 
Now we've got some neighbors that's got some two collar corn that's up, but uh, I haven't been able to get anything in the, in the field yet. But that's as that's as far along as we are around my area is maybe two collars. Now speak speak to me about the corn. So what what are you hearing on your corn planter? How long are they saying until you're going to be up and running? Well, I, I the repair on the monitor was going to be like one day turnaround, and that's turned into a week. So I just went ahead and bought a new gen monitor and told him to overnight to me well ups had already ran so he put it in the mail so instead of being here today it's going to be here tomorrow okay because we got rain coming tomorrow so you know it's just a it's just a frustrating deal all the way around but i've got a new monitor coming i'm gonna keep the other one for spare if i ever get it fixed because yeah. i don't want to be caught like this again but you know you just i i went to turn the monitor on it wouldn't do anything black uh, and you know you i had everything hooked up ready to go yeah. we was going to plant corn a week ago but uh, I've been, but like I said, I, we've been spreading line and just doing all kind of stuff to kill the time while we wait to wait for the electronics. But I, like I said, I don't dare go to the field. I've seen a few deals myself actually, where you know you get a row skipping or piece of bag over the seed set plate, and then you wind up with a not a whole row gone. And so uh, you know you just you just have to just have to be patient. Yep. Yep. That's hard to do. That's, that is hard to do. No yep. doubt. Well, Eddie, good luck to you. I hope, hope that gets there soon and, and you're off and running on your corn planting and, and you get some good weather to get her done. Well, I appreciate it, Darren. Thank you. You bet. Thanks. Stay safe out there. There's a lot, a lot of stuff going on and uh, everybody's trying to push real hard. It's, it's really important to keep safety in, in the forefront of our minds. No doubt about that. Let's head over to Texas. Get Wade down with us right now. Wade, how are things going over in your neck of the woods? About the opposite of everything you've heard from him. <laughs> we're so we're so dry. We wish it would come a little shower so we could get a weed up to hold the ground. Oh. Yeah, this that's frustrating. We've been in that for two years, and now just in the last couple of weeks here, it's about completely turned around, or we've gotten a good amount of moisture in our soil. So hopefully that happens for you guys too. Well, it's been it's been very spotty the last week. We got a few rains. Uh, most of the rain's been north and east uh, Lubbock. I've got one place where we got an inch and three quarters on a Sunday evening, uh, but it cooled the ground temperature off to 45 degrees because it sat hell for about four hours. So it's a uh, it's a mixed bag, mixed blessing, I guess you can call it. We got moisture, but we didn't order ice with our water. <laughs> Oh man, well you know it's you just can't control it at all. Uh, other than irrigation, so in your in your area, is there a lot of irrigation that's used? Well, what we'd call really irrigated, where you can fight something like this, there's probably maybe ten percent of the acres. I've got a lot of irrigation that's good if you've got some help, but without any help, you're not going to be able to stand a crop. All the uh, all the really good water this year where we're at went to, actually went to FEMA cotton. We've been so hot early that a lot of guys planted FEMA where they've got enough water to make it through the season. And so it's going to be a lot different crop out here in the West Texas area than it's been. How about for the cattle guys? Uh, what's, what's happening for them when it's been this dry? Well, it's, it's really a tale of two states because once you get to a line that's about Mineral Well, Stephenville, where our ranch is, you've got some rain to the east of that 
line, it's in good shape, but everything west of it is is just burn up, and the wildfires have really hurt a few few communities. We lost the whole community of carbon in central Texas. It got a wildfire went through town, and I don't think that town will ever be back. Wow, that is sad. That is sad, no doubt about it. Well, uh, we we think about the the dry weather and the impact on crop, but uh, the impact on people's lives like that is is just terrible. Uh, so, Wade, when you're looking at, at this year, if it does start to rain, is there one crop more than another that you think, hey, this is probably what we're going to have to do just to since since we're probably going to run short to moisture again? Well, if we get some rain in here, oh, within the next 30 days, we've still got a real good chance of making decent beans in this country. We can actually run them up to nearly July the 1st and do all right with those. Uh, we can come in with a, what we call a late corn crop, and and it can do all right, but you're kind of limited to 140, 50 bushels on that crop because we'll run out of time on the back end. Uh, not a lot of guys real, real in real enthused about planting anything because no i i can see why even you know look at the break evens on cotton most of the guys that are i'm talking to come into my office we own a delanting company for cotton seed and they're saying it's going to take a dollar eighteen dollar twenty to break even and and it's it's not even bringing that right now yeah, it's a, it's a dire situation, no doubt about that. Well, Wade, uh, we sure hope you guys catch some rain and, and there's a little bit of a break in this drought. It's It's been brutal. I look everywhere west well, I, of us. Yeah. It's it's nasty. You know, it's bad when I get texts from some of my buddies like Kevin Hoyer up there in Wisconsin. He said, uh, you can have your weather back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Wade, uh, good. It's too early in May. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Wade, good luck to you guys down there. I know know you sure need it, and and we'll be thinking about you and sending prayers your way. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. And a lot of prayers for them guys that's got the other problem out east. I was in Kentucky a couple weeks ago, and I know what they're battling. So that's one of the parts where you can say there's too much water. Yeah, the extremes are definitely no fun, no doubt about it. Thanks, Wade. Thank you. Yeah, extreme weather is tough, and and I I think there are several guys on that that mentioned we're moving on to Plan B, and we're going to have to make some adjustments here along the way to get the crop planted or to get the weeds under control or whatnot. So there are so many decisions throughout the season. That's one of the fun things for us doing a daily radio show, just talking about that plan B as it comes up and hopefully just a little bit before uh, to, to empower you with just a little bit more information to, to help you on the farm. Well, thanks for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.